Hi there, I'm Andy, a moon chasing, manifesting, wander lover, and feel good aficionado. Consider me your woo woo best friend. This show is a sacred space for ideas, concepts, and modalities that might be considered taboo, but that I personally find a great magic in. In these conversations, my mission is to inspire confidence, worth, and mystical thinking in our modern world. Let's get into it, shall we? Hello, my lovers. We are back with a solo episode. This episode is another Ask Me Anything episode. When we recorded the first AMA back in May, I think it was, I think it was May, we had so many good questions that came through. We had questions that came through on Instagram that were specifically focused on cultivating clarity and manifestation tips and strategies. We had quite a few astrology-focused questions as well, and then we had some life questions. What does it take to leave your corporate job and begin a conscious, creative career of your own design? What does happiness look like? What does finding your path and purpose, what does it feel like when you're on the way? So... I thought a lot about where we would spend today's episode, and while I have a really good understanding of astrology, I am not trained as an astrologer. And as you all know, we have some really good astrologers that come to the show quite often. So I made a decision. We're going to have one more AMA. We're going to probably, over the course of time, have lots of AMAs, and I don't even know if they'll all be called AMA, but you know what I mean. We're going to have an episode in which I invite one of my astrologer friends on to answer some of your astrology questions. We've had some things come through around North and South Node astrology, and I want to speak on those topics, but I really want one of my astrology wizards to help us along the way. So what does that mean? We are going to talk today about life stuff, life stuff, because we've all got life stuff, and I'm hoping that by sharing some of my story that I can inspire you or expand your thinking in a way that feels really special and beautiful and perhaps get you thinking about things or thinking about doing things or exploring things that maybe you haven't thought of before. So with that said, here we go. Each of the questions that I will be answering on today's episode came through via email. So thank you to each of you that submitted questions via email. This first one is specifically around my career path. So the question was, how did you know when it was time to make the shift from your corporate career into doing something for yourself? Okay, so I've shared my story often about leaving my corporate job. I really loved my job. I never had a moment in which I didn't consider the career opportunities that I had had to be something of extreme value. I really, I had several experiences along the way in my corporate career in which I felt that I was, in fact, in my dream career. And 
whether that's the case for for you or not, making a decision to leave a nine to five or leave a corporate career or something that's just really stable and do something that is risky and unknown, whether you love that job or can't stand that job, I think it's equally as difficult. And the reason I think it's equally as difficult is this. If you absolutely love it, there's this worry and fear around, what if I go try to do something for myself? And once I get there, I realize what I was doing was the absolute best thing that was ever going to come my way. And being a business owner is hard. And sometimes it feels really bad. And sometimes we fail. And sometimes we fail really fast. So that's really scary. And then if you hate that job, there's at least security. Or even if you don't hate it, but just dislike it, there's at least security. And those same fears can bubble up. What if you move over into this new this new endeavor and it doesn't work? And now the discomfort that you sit with is, am I always destined to do something I don't really love? So those are fears that can come up for all of us. For me, here's a bit of how it went. I always knew I was a creative person. However, it took a long time to really trust my eye. It took a long time to trust my voice and an even longer time to trust my intuition. Growing up, I had a deep love for fashion, beauty, and all things creativity. I mean, to be honest, I collected every issue of Vogue magazine from the time that I was 12 years old until I was in my early 20s. I absolutely lived for the style, the artistic expression. And when I landed a career in the beauty industry, I thought, how could I ever leave this? This is exactly what I've been called to do. Within that, I've also always been a wanderluster. My grandparents always had those travel maps stretched across the walls, full of colorful pins, telling stories of interesting destinations, and I was completely intrigued by what they were up to. When I was a child, I played that game, I'm sure you've done it, where you spin the globe, you close your eyes, and you place your finger on it, and wherever it stops, that's going to be a future destination that you visit. For me, when I would play that game, I would make lists of all the places that the globe had landed on that I was going to visit in future. And that is where I had a bit of a struggle. I was working in this dream career in the beauty industry, doing a lot of work in fashion, I'd founded a fashion incubator as a side project. It wasn't making any money, but I loved doing it. But the reality for me is that my corporate life did not exactly allow for the wanderlust spirit I had deep inside. I had no idea of the depths of the spiritual connection of the woo I would find once I really allowed for that exploration to happen. But what I did know is that in my corporate days, I had this great job and I was grateful for everything I learned and was learning. 
I was living that office life during the week, and I was taking every possible moment I could to plan to visit faraway places when I'd finally get the time to do it. And after year after year of that cycle, I realized I owed it to my childhood dreams, to that globe-spinning little me, to step outside of that corporate world and get out and discover. I knew there was more out there for me. The tipping point for me was this. I had just traveled to New York Fashion Week. I was still working my nine to five. I was running my fashion incubator program as a side project. I took a trip to New York Fashion Week. It was everything I had hoped it would be. And I was completely inspired by the creativity, the artistry, and really the gumption of the designers I was seeing to do their thing. It really got me thinking, what would it look like if I gave all of myself and used everything that I had learned, everything that I had experienced thus far in my career, what if I had put all of that into myself and my own business? Around that time in my incubator program, I was producing over 50 fashion, art, and design events a year. I was learning all about digital marketing strategies. I was learning about budgeting for a small business. And to be honest, I wasn't making any money in the incubator, but I was learning so much about what having a small business looked like. And I started to have my wheels turn in a new way. For me, that side project and that trip gave me the courage to face those fears and to start planning for my big jump, my corporate jump. I started to envision what it would be like to leave my corporate life. I envisioned a career in which I could work from anywhere the next flight took me. I thought, if I can design the creative business of my dreams, what would it look like? What would I do? Where would I go? How would I live? And of course, it's not easy, but I made a list. I'd live overseas for some amount of time. I'd explore a lot. I'd really let those wanderlust vibes that lived within me come to the surface, and I'd get incredibly creative. I asked myself, what's it going to take to make that leap happen? What's it going to take to pursue my own wildly ambitious dreams And how can I convince my inner circle that it's even possible? So I started planning. I started having tough conversations. I gave my nine to five, my corporate job, a year's notice. I was that prepared. (laughs) And eventually, I booked that one-way ticket, and I went for it. Now... There were a lot of steps along the way from the point in which I took that leap until the place where I land today sitting here recording this podcast. I don't want for a second for it to come across as any of it went from taking the leap and then I landed in this podcasting chair and here we are. I did a lot of things in between making that leap and arriving here in this moment. I had business 
ventures that failed. I tried things that I thought would be the way that completely weren't the way. I had business partners that didn't work out. I had other collaborative relationships that propelled me forward. And I share all of this with you because for me personally, I could have been the best beauty executive. I could have been the best at it. I was doing a really great job. And would I have had a fulfilling life, a fulfilling career for the duration of my working days? I totally would have. However, I had to trust my gut and look deep inside. And I knew that there were parts of me that weren't being tapped into. Now, if I had had the tools back then, like human design, which we've talked about here before, and we'll definitely get into it further in future episodes, but human design is, it's kind of a mashup of astrology, your genetic coding, quantum physics, biochemistry, the chakra system. I've heard it described as the science of the aura. And I think that that's definitely a part of it, but there's a deeper imprint, I think, into our into our, our soul and genetic makeup as well with this particular modality. If I had had my human design chart back in those days when I was making that big leap decision, I would have seen it written all over my chart, this woo-woo part of me. And it was a part of me I had not yet explored. It was honestly a part of me that I had kind of pushed to the side. I considered that the creative side of me was the side, was the only side. And I wasn't tapping into the spiritual aspects of myself that had been there all along. The clairs that I have, which are those senses, those psychic senses, I wasn't paying attention to those. And so looking back, had I had the tools like North Node Astrology and Human Design, I soul planning, I would have definitely seen that this was the direction I was going to be going. So if you happen to be someone who's kind of on the edge of this, do I stay the course, continue to live this life that maybe is really good? but I know that there's something deep inside of me that perhaps I want to explore, I'd suggest going and checking out some of those modalities that might help to give you a little bit of a clue about what's what's naturally inside of you. What innate gifts and talents do you have? What is the makeup of you as a human being? What are you not exploring that is written in your chart? that perhaps you should explore. So that's my answer to that question. And I always love talking about the parts of my story in which I made that big decision to start my own business, to take this new direction. Nadia and I, over my partner over on Sea Changers, talk a lot about the reasons that we decided to found Sea Changers, which is our women's empowerment community. We have a a monthly membership circle. When we talk about why we decided to start it, for me, and I've shared this before, it was always about the self-worth and the confidence that I did not have when I was making that decision to 
leave my corporate career and start my own thing. I was so, so nervous. I did not believe in myself. I compared myself to everyone that had gone before me. My self-worth was in the trash can. And even some of the folks that I talked to who were close to me in my inner circle, out of a sense of care, I think, not wanting me to be disappointed if and when I failed, discouraged me, really discouraged me from considering taking such such a leap. So for me, doing work in which I can be a support to others who are considering this sort of path, who are either growing a business or starting a business or considering a new study, a new form form of self-care, whatever it might be, embarking on a new passion project. I love to be that guide and support for those sorts of things. So that's a bit about that, making that big decision to leave that really great job I had and start my own thing. Okay, next question. I love this one. Tell us about some of the best advice you've ever received. I've received so much good advice. I really pride myself on having great mentors, great guides, great teachers, and I study a lot. I am constantly in some sort of new program. I believe that learning is something that we should constantly be immersing ourselves in in order to live the most transformational lives possible. So I was thinking, okay, what advice have I received? What wisdom have I received that I would want to share with you all? So I got to thinking about the nourishment of the heart, the nourishment of the soul, and the nourishment of the planet. A few years ago, I traveled to the Sierra Nevada de Santa Marta in Colombia. I was invited deep into the mountain community to meet and practice rituals honoring the earth with the Kogi people. I was going to be learning from an elder named Mamo Agustin. Mamo is the word and Kogi for the elders and the shamans. The Kogi are an indigenous community who believe that their calling is to protect Pachamama, which is Mother Earth. I was one of four women in a group of 12, and we had an opportunity to spend time gathered by the seaside with Mamu Augustine. His call to each of us that were visiting his community was this, to be stewards for the planet, to go forth and spread the message to the modern world of the importance of preserving her gifts. Of course, that was beautiful advice and advice I take very much to heart. Later on that trip, one afternoon, we were doing a 12-mile hike through the Tyrona Forest, and my translator and I struck up a conversation. He was also our guide on this particular trek and was around quite a bit throughout the weekend, so or the week. So we had gotten to be, we'd gotten to be friends. So we struck up this conversation about what life was like in his hometown. He lived in a small seaside fishing community of about 500 people. 
It was nestled right alongside the mountain range where we were hiking. And he said to me that day, I have many things in my life, in my hometown. I have coconuts. I have bananas. I have avocados. I may not have a lot of money, but I have a lot of time. I have big fish. I have a beer. And I have my wife. What else could I ever ask for in a day? His words hit me that day. I connected so deeply to that philosophy and thought, okay, this is advice I didn't even know I was asking for. How do we keep life simple? How do we care for the earth? And how do we let things like coconuts, a big fish out of the sea, and someone that you love nourish your soul and be your most prized possessions? How do we shift out of the materialism? And trust me, I like fine things, but how do we shift out of that as our soul or leading source of happiness? That day, as he shared that little bit of his life with me, I really committed to taking what he wasn't even considering to be advice. I committed to taking that home, and it's probably, to this day, some of the best advice I've ever received. The last question that I'm super excited to get into as we close this episode out is about happiness. And the question was, can you tell us about a moment of pure happiness and joy? I thought a lot about what really creates happiness for me, what creates happiness for us as a human collective. And I started reflecting back on traveling because truly the first thing that came to mind for me was traveling. Traveling brings me happiness. However, I wanted to think a little bit deeper about it and what specifically about traveling creates happiness for me. And this is one of the things. So I'm going to give you a little bit of a backstory. So imagine that you're traveling amongst mineral springs, terraces, petrified waterfalls, and sacred pyramids literally carved out of the side of a mountain inhabited by a succession of people for over 1,500 years. So there I was amongst that scene. I was en route to a small village outside of Oaxaca, Mexico, with one of my very best girlfriends, her sister, and a friend of theirs. Our guide was a friend of mine from New Orleans, and we were on our way to have an experience that I can only equate to what the definition of happiness and joy really looks like. We were on our way to learn from a group of indigenous women in the Oaxacan countryside who were making a living as ceramicists and textile artists. We were going to have an opportunity to see them at work, to learn and experiment and perhaps even pick up some crafting knowledge ourselves. And for me, I was also really excited about the opportunity to buy 
pieces from my home from these women. When we arrived to the women's cooperative, home to these brilliant artisans, continuing ancient traditions that have been passed down from their ancestors and that they will continue to pass down, we started by learning the story of how these women have become the pillars of economic growth and independence in their communities. They were so incredibly inspiring. They're selling their works all over the world. One of the women we had an opportunity to meet with had been featured in the New York Times and Vogue magazine, and they're doing all of this while caring for the natural resources surrounding them. So happiness and joy. I'm starting to feel it. These women spend their days foraging for plants and flowers for fabric dyes. They spend time foraging for the clay that they will use to create their pottery. They go out into the fields in the afternoon and dig deep into the earth, and they've designed a truly magical life of their own. Meeting these women was so incredibly joyful. There was a moment in which we had just arrived onto the property, and we had a Polaroid camera. We walked into one of the rooms and asked if we could snap a few photos with the Polaroid. And the happiness that we witnessed as each of the women had their photo taken, as they showcased their work, the beautiful textiles and the, and the fabrics that they were making, it was really contagious, that energy. We talked with them about what it's like to go out and forage for flowers and plants and to spend time digging into the earth to harvest the clay that they use for their pottery and just speaking about the work that they get to do, we could feel their joy. And the more they talked about their art form, the craft that they've mastered, the more the joy spread. There's scientific evidence that shows that when we live in contact with the earth's natural surface charge, we inherently feel better. We feel better physically and mentally. These women were full of joy. And as we were invited to dig into the earth alongside of them, as we were invited to work with these crushed flowers to create colors and dyes and play with the fabrics and the textiles that they had created, I personally felt an innate sense of happiness that can only really come from having this depth of connection to one's natural surroundings and one's own creativity. So as I thought about what brings me joy and happiness, and I thought about travel, it's this particular type of travel that really lights me up. I love the opportunity to tell stories. I love the opportunity to hear the stories. I love the opportunity to learn about cultures that are quite different from anything that I experienced growing up. And as I talk about my guide in Colombia and the big fish and the coconut and the beer and his wife, and that that was his, his prized possessions. And as I think back to those Zapotec women 
in Oaxaca and their opportunity to create and give back to the earth and their community, I feel so grounded in happiness and joy coming from a sense of constant nourishment focused on the heart, the soul, and our planet. So here we are. We have talked about lots of things today from making the corporate leap and what that was like in my world and what I think is worth thinking about as you consider something like that for yourself. We've talked about lessons. We've talked about happiness and joy. And I encourage you to think about what really lights you up. If you're considering making a big leap, if you're considering traveling, if you're considering all the lessons that we have an opportunity to learn in this lifetime, I encourage you to really think about what lights up your soul, what allows you to feel nourished in the heart, in the soul, and give back to the planet at the same time. I am getting ready very soon to be departing for my first big travel. I'm going to Tulum for our retreat there. Oh, so exciting to be able to go and be with a collective of women again. And as I record this, there's just, let's see, two weeks before I arrive in Tulum. And as you're hearing this, if you're if you're downloading and getting our new episodes as they are published, you'll be hearing this right before I take off. I thank you all so much for continuing to join me on the show. We have lots of good, good stuff in the works for you. So I'm going to close this episode with sharing a review. I promise to come back to that. So here we are. I'm going to share a review with you today. This review comes to us from Mia Rosa, and it says this, thoughtful insights from someone who feels like a guide. Andy released her podcast shortly after I went through a spiritual awakening and had so many questions and not a lot of answers. It truly feels like she is a guide through all of the jargon, topics, and nuances of the woo-woo. Thank you, Andy, for always showing up with thoughtful and super informative conversations. Mia, thank you for being here for those conversations. So as we close out the episode, I want to remind you, we're getting ready to celebrate the year anniversary of Colt Laloon, which is my Art of Lunar Living course. We started the course July of 2020 in the midst of cancer season. Cancer is ruled by the moon, so it was only appropriate that the course launched during that time. And here we are preparing to celebrate the year of that course. We have lots of really special things planned for the course for our 12th month for commune number 12. We've been able to serve hundreds of students through the course, and I can't wait to get commune number 12 underway. We'll have some special VIP package upgrades, 
for those who have been in the course month over month over month and are ready to take it to the next level, or for those who are ready to dive in for the first time, the course gives us an opportunity to really focus on intention setting and then dial way up our magnetism and manifestation energy as we approach the full moon. Gives us an opportunity to create some cleansing, some boundary setting, all the things we really need to cycle through every single month to feel truly whole. So I can't wait to be there with you all. Please join me in the course if you have not given it a try yet. A really great little taste of the course is to come to one of our free full moon circles. We do those every single month on the full moon, completely free. We meditate together, we breathe, we journal, we practice ritual, and we move. We open with a little dance party movement experience, and you're all welcomed. If you want to give the show a follow, it's Woo Woo BFF, your Woo Woo BFF on Instagram. And I'm Andy at Wee Wee Girl. If this resonated with you, this episode, please feel free to share it on your social and pass it along to friends. It means the world to us when you do that. We love to see you tag us and let us know how the show is feeling for you. With that, we are complete. I'll be back again next week with another interview. Until then, thanks for being here with me. I'm Andy, your woo-woo BFF.